Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Kingsway Kickabout. Uh, you know, football's been thick and fast this week. Uh, multiple tournaments in play. Where do you want to begin, Alf? Um, I think we should begin with discussing the limited championship uh, action of the week, um, where, uh, you know, uh, big games at both ends of the table, the biggest of which uh, definitely happened on Wednesday night uh, at the Majeski, and uh, a really... Uh, end- I think, a seminal game of the championship season as uh, Brentford went top of the league for the first time since 2014. Wow. And, you know, they've, they've, they've earned it. Uh, you know, it, it's a tussle between them and Norwich to, you know, who is the best all-round team in the league. It really is. Um, And, uh, you know, they're just so solid and so strong at the minute. Um, I didn't really think they were the best side in the first half. Um, I thought Reading were really effective of, um, at, you know, getting uh, the ball into the wide and inside channels with Ajaria and Elise. Um, I mean, yes, uh, the penalty that they did score was, I mean, incredibly soft, um, but such is the way the game is going now, um, unfortunately. Um, but no, Reading, you know, deserved to be in front at half yeah. and uh, we're only uh, undone. Uh, by, you know, a moment of brilliance from Josta Silva with the most Josta Silva goal of all time, going uh, <laughs> onto his left foot, you know, whipping it into that far corner. Um, uh, but Brentford, uh, you know, they kept on sticking at it. Um, uh, you know, two quite late goals over to win the game. But again, you know, uh, there were two, you know, private moments, excuse me, which really, really do uh, demonstrate Brentford's quality on the pitch. Um, you know, the ball out wide to Tony and just, you know, a lovely little chest into De Silva, rifling it into the uh, roof of the net. Um, you know, it was just promotion quality, uh, a promotion quality move. And, um, you know, it's uh, it must be worrying for opposition that even if they go in front against Brentford now, it doesn't really seem to make much of a difference. No, 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 uh, indeed. And uh, it's, it's all there, the firepower uh, to, uh, to arrive in Tony, the creation of chances. And, uh, you know, Josh De Silva... Uh, uh, on the second tier podcast, they're touting with a future England England international. Yeah. No, I, uh, I can definitely see that. Um, he's also he's also got a kind of profile that I wouldn't say England don't have at the minute, but um, are certainly less stacked in than others. Um, he he's kind of that Alex Oxlade Chamberlain profile that Southgate was looking for. So well, was going to use before the twenty going to use that the uh, twenty eighteen World Cup in Russia before. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain got injured in that friendly against uh, the Netherlands. Um, oh no, no, uh, paid him a friendly against the Netherlands. He got injured against uh, Man City in the Champions League. Actually, sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that kind of uh, player who can uh, fulfil a slight box-to-box role, but also just has immense quality um, on the ball in what, and move out as a Metzola into the wide channels, and you know can take shots from distance and can break down defences. Um, and uh, yeah, Brentford have got a, a real, real gem. Um, you know, a further um, feather in their cap of their scouting system. And, uh, I mean, even more so is Ivan Tony, who's not only the top goal scorer in the league, but also the top assister in the league. Um, I mean, I trust their striker recruit- recruitment process with my life, to be honest. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I think, yeah, their striker recruitment, I think, uh, of course, more pay uh, than uh, Ollie Watkins. And finally, uh, Ivan Tony. It's just, you know, who's next on the conveyor belt of... Uh, it's, it's, it's striking brilliance, and it's the same with well every position in the pitch, and also those positions off the field as well. Um, you know, it's it, it's well, knowledge at this stage, but I mean, it's you know, British owners often aren't 
Oh, there are some British owners, uh, you know, let's not name name and shame, who are uh, in a slight uh, disrepute. But Matthew Benham uh, is just style. It's just, you know, the work he's doing, not just at Brentford, yeah. but as our friend Louis Littes at Michelin, who, yeah. you know, they're making the New York Times and stuff and whatnot. The uh, innovation that's occurring at both of these football clubs uh, and the success that comes with innovation, it's not just uh, throwing darts in the dark. So... Yeah, I, I think as a structure, Brentford are something to aspire to. And uh, bear in mind, Al, uh, in our lifetimes, Brentford have been playing in League Two. So, yes, no, I I remember um uh, when I was a kid, like seven, yeah, six or seven years old. So that was like two thousand eight. Um, I had uh, this uh, it, this like a piece of felt, and uh, you'd like do the league tables every week with these kind of like um cushion stickers onto the. Felt. Yeah, yeah. Um, very retro. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, Brentford was certainly, as with Bournemouth, you know, stuck in the league two mile back then. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been a uh, a meteoric rise. And I'm, uh, they're, they're, I mean, I mean, I can't see them not completing that rise this season. To be honest, um, they're just so solid, so strong. And I mean, I and just can't see where the defeat is going to come from. With the new stadium, they're going to be. It's going to be a nifty little away day in the Premier League, and just yeah, I think they'll be a good addition to the league. Yes, it will be. Uh, obviously, we are still sad uh, about well, not just Griffin Park has gone, but also that Griffin Park didn't get the send off uh, that it deserved. It, it deserved. Um, but how should Reading be feeling after this game? Uh, not yeah, not you know, not too, undone by brilliance. Yeah, yeah, not not too worried at all. Um, they definitely did themselves justice. Um, as I say, they dominated the first half and I, I definitely think deserved at least a point out of the game. You know, the start of their team is still keeping up their performance levels in Lucas Jean, Ajaria and Elise. And, um, you know, they've got certain players, young players who are coming on leaps and bounds. I mean, Tom McIntyre has been exceptional this season and uh, will definitely give uh, Steve Clark and Scotland a selection headache. Of course, and you have a Luke Caswell, uh, yeah. who was signed from Sheffield Wednesday. I don't think he was that prolific there. No, no, um, uh, an individual and a career really plagued by uh, plagued by injuries. Um, he's actually got a Portugal cap, uh, which I was wow. of two Portugal caps, in fact. Um, he, you know, in that kind of era of Portugal in like 2015, 2016, where they just literally had no strikers. Um, so, you know, Fernando Sanchez was... Uh, you know, trying at anyone and everyone, really. Um, but yeah, as I say, um, no real reason to worry uh, too much about Reading. And I think, you know, we're starting to see, you know, a breakup, if that makes sense, in the Championship this season. So I think we've got our top three now in Swansea, Norwich and Brentford. And I think we're starting to see certain teams solidifying spots in the league, which we'll get onto later at the bottom. But I think Reading are one of them in solidifying their playoff spot. And I've, I'm pretty certain they'll finish in fourth, to be honest, Reading. Yeah, uh, Reading are yeah, shoo-in for the playoffs. And uh, <laughs> a team who, uh, of course, uh, who was their old manager? It was that Matt, former Man United centre-back. Yeah, Mark Bowen and then uh, Yap Stam before him. Yap yeah, Stam, of yeah. course, who, who did take them to the playoff. I know, and, you know, we th- they looked pretty finished after... Uh, Losing to Huddersfield in 2017, but it's a good revival from revival from them, and they're not the championship's biggest spenders or biggest or you know one of the bigger clubs, but you know, good on them. It's it's a well-run club to say the least. Yeah, no, they've um they've they've come out of that uh you know post Premier League period now, you know, 
uh, relegated in 2013 or 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, haven't uh, failed just short in 2017, which is really clashing and, you know, have really uh, had to reboot since then. Um, and I mean, you know, a, a really um, uh, promising part of that has been their academy and um, the production of certain players like Josh Leroy. Um, I mean, Shandon Baptiste, which they sold to Oxford, thank you, Reddy. Um, Luke Southwood in net, um, and many others, uh, you know, uh, which, are, which are, you know, a really solid foundation uh, for Reading uh, going forward. And um, I mean, it's obviously a long way, way away, but I mean, they look like a really good side to be in the playoffs. I mean, they're set up for it very nicely. They're really wily. Um, you know, they've always got a solid um, uh, 11. Uh, Veliko Panovic, you know, doesn't rotate a lot and that leads to a lot of, you know, comprehension and solidity. Uh, and they've got undoubted quality um, uh, to produce moments of magic, specifically in Ajaria and Anise. Um So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of promise for them. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, good result there uh, for them. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, Looking at the current playoff picture, who who, who do you think uh, out of the current uh, top, well, three, four, five, six? Uh, of course, Bournemouth are dropping like a stone. Yeah. Uh, um, well, yeah. Well, they got one win at the weekend. Yeah, we will. Uh, recently, but... We will come on to uh, Bournemouth later on in the show. Um, so yeah, as I say, I've top three. I'm pretty certain on. Um, I'm undecided on Norwich or Swansea. Uh, who'll get promoted with Brentford? Um, and then, I mean, it, it's kind of, I, I, I'm really happy with it, right? Because, you know, there was a period only a few weeks ago, and I mean, this shows how quickly the league can change, where we thought the league, the top six was signed and sealed, really, to be honest. Um, but since then, Watford and Bournemouth have, you know, to be perfectly honest, both been shown up. Um, you know, for their overperformances so far this season. And, uh, you know, sides like Middlesbrough, um, Barnsley, when they get their league form back on track or, you know, get results, they start to... Well, some, of these, some of these forms and the uh, the form guide uh, in, in, in the playoff places are Reading two wins in the last five, yeah. Bournemouth one win in the last five, Middlesbrough one win in the last five. So a lot of uh, inconsistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of vulnerability. Um, and that makes, it, you know, a playoff race really fun. Um, that's what we want from a playoff race, you know. Well, th- but the disappointing thing is, just below them, uh, Blackburn, three wins in the last five. F- five Stoke, no wins in the last five. And Bristol, one win in the last five. So, uh, not ex- they're not exactly being threatened. They're not, uh, I would say, suffering for their... Uh... Yeah, um, as, as I say, uh, you know, I really do think Barnsley are going to smell blood um, and they're going to really kick on again soon. Um, the fact that they haven't won in their last five games is just inconceivable, uh, really, given some of the performances they've put in. And, you know, a really good performance uh, home to Chelsea last night. Um, yeah. And were unlucky uh, not to get past them. Um, I mean, and, uh, you know, this is a really nice segue uh, into one of the other championship fixtures of mid uh, midweek. Old Mick at Cardiff City. I mean, oh, yeah. he's working his magic. It is brilliant to see. Um, you know, it's now... Um, uh, another win on top of their, you know, very impressive win at Bristol City uh, the weekend. A very professional win. They played Bristol City off the park. Keith, they can, uh, um, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Hunt, that's it, they're right back. Uh, can deal with uh, Keith Moore in the box and, you know, those balls in from the right. 
towards that far post where Moore is obviously so do dominant, uh, you know, really can handle that. And, um, you know, came up against the Rotherham side who were in exceptional form recently and deserved to get a win in ridiculous conditions, <laughs> I might add. Um, you know, a, a white pitch uh, from the 65th minute onwards, um, you know, covered in snow. And, um, I mean, if we're not going to see the return of the orange ball for that, when will we? Is what I don't know. Um, but a very, very, very nice goal to win the game. A deep cross, uh, the two wing backs linking up, uh, deep ball in from Perry and G, and, you know, Joe Bennett getting beyond um, uh, uh, Rotherham's uh, third centre back to, you know, not home at far post. Um, and it was a really deserved victory. And, um, you know, they're on a decent unbeaten run now, Cardiff. And with, you know, as you mentioned, Aki, um, teams above them, you know, slightly faltering and even sides in the playoffs slightly faltering. They can make a playoff charge this season. Well, it's very interesting, the stats of it, because uh, uh, Cardiff had 12 shots for 38% possession, which just goes to show uh, how productive they were. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind of... Um, uh, not really, um, you know, two sides. It's you know, kind of what happens when two sides who, you know, don't want the ball um, uh, come up and play against each other. Um, even though, um, you know, Rotherham are so effective going forward, as we know, um, you know, they seem to have that, you know, Ladapo and Hurst or rotating front two, um, which, you know, usually work. And, I mean, uh, it worked again. Uh, in midweek, you know, a really nice bit of link up play between Swiss and Crooks for their goal. Um, uh, Lewis Wing, um, as we talked about, was a really shrewd signing and he has settled in well, um, you know, despite the defeat. And um, Johansson uh, in goal, who's come in the last few games, has, you know, um, uh, provided really good competition for Jamal Blackburn. Um, and, you know, it's always good to have two uh, goalkeepers, you know, um, giving each other kicks up the arses, you know. To um, uh, put them into the best one possible, um, but I won't yeah. worry too much about Wolverine. Um, uh, yeah, um, just well, they they gave Cardiff a far tougher test in Bristol, so that's a testament to uh, their commitment and style of play. Yeah, it really is, and um, uh, you know, as obviously we'll um, we'll do our previews uh, later. Um, but it's another really winnable game for Wolverine. Well, yeah, they're at home to QPR, so QPR. yeah. But, uh, yeah, where do you want to go next in the league, then? Uh... Uh, the only other uh, championship game uh, this midweek, um, which was uh, at Hillsborough, uh, Sheffield Wednesday against Wickham. And yeah, a big game at the bottom. A, a really big game at the bottom. Uh, it's... I think this is the death now for Wickham. Um... As we've talked about in previous weeks, it's not so much been a bad form, but it's you know the improved form of others that are really sounding it. But now we can like I think we're starting to see the morale in the squad, you know, sour, and that's you know kind of uh, infiltrating onto the pitch, you know, percolating throughout their play, um, you know. Sixteen points at this season is pretty dire in any circumstances and I mean only 18 goals scored um, I mean I know Derby have only scored 17 and you know somehow more adept than them um, and when we consider that most of them have come from set pieces um, you know it really is worrying um, uh, th and you know there are, there are just few positives really with Wickham anymore um, maybe Joe Jacobson coming back will preserve, will preserve 
um, that defensive to see what they had at some stages this season. Um, but again, you know, really starting to see the limitations. And, you know, this was the run of fixtures where they had to pick up points. Um, Birmingham, Forest at home, Manchester went their way. I mean, they've got Huddersfield away and Derby at home to come, which is, you know, really, I think, you know, the final, the final um, uh, you know, uh, dash for them. It's that, you know, Neil Chamberlain, uh, Neil Chamberlain, goodness me, uh, Neville Chamberlain quote. Uh, after the Munich agreement, you know, that last grab on the precipice, um, which is Wigan's run of form coming up. And, you know, further, sorry, a lot of negatives here, but another real worry is, you know, Gareth Ainsworth, who's usually so praising and positive and, you know, always optimistic in his, you know, post-match words. Um, you know, the fact that he's said, you know, I can point fingers at people and I'll get behind closed doors, um, you know, that's a pretty ominous thing to say. And, um, yeah, um, as I say, I think that's probably the definite Wickham's championship season, unfortunately. Well, yeah, a lot of uh, huff and puff, but very few returns for Wigan. Mm. And such is, I think, uh, you know, not to get philosophical, but life can be like that. And yeah. sometimes it's just not your day. I think, yeah, yeah the, the, the comprehensive, uh, to lose games to teams around you without even scoring, uh, that, that that's... Um, yeah, you're right. That that position is untenable. Uh, they are just a team, unfortunately, not fit for a league at this point. Uh, and you know, just play out the season and try and enjoy yourselves. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the uh, uh, Sheffield Wednesday side of things, um, they're doing quite well. Um, this iteration of uh, Sheffield Wednesday is, I mean, to be honest, any iteration of Gary Monk, which you know maybe isn't saying much. Um, well, they they still don't have a permanent manager, but yeah. you know their assistant Lee Lee Bullen's in charge, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, Lee Thompson as well. Um, well, yeah, but they're doing, and also Callum Patterson has a uh, yeah been a surprise, a bit of a revelation. You know, he's doing well for himself. Yeah, there's um, it, it re- they really are, and um, you know, a team full of Swiss Army knives. Uh, Callum Patterson, obviously being one of them, but also had a reach. Had a reach, you know, he's played at right wing back, left wing back, left back, um, the right side of the pre, right side of the midfield three, excuse me, in a double pivot at number 10 on the wing. Um, I think he must have also played at a false nine at some stage. Um, and I mean, Kadeem Harris can play anywhere on any flank uh, as well um, in defence or in attack, which is another, you know, really part of, really useful bit of versatility. I think the key reason for the upturn in form has been this, you know, back three, uh, which, you know, finally getting minutes together and finally understanding each other. I mean, you know, with Trey Dunkley, um, my hero, um, I mean, he was absolutely exceptional at Wigan last season before his really brutal injury. Um, and I think is, you know, a really, really, at least a, you know, top six level championship centre back. You know, part one of his partners uh, is Uruguide, um, you know, a uh, young player, quite poor. Um, but obviously, there's loads of natural ability and really good um, in defensive one-on-one situations, rarely gets beaten. And then, you know, to really complement that, they've got the experience of Tom Lees. Um, you know, he's been a Sheffield Wednesday stalwart for the last few years. He you know, can provide that leadership and experience uh, for the others. Um, and, you know, obviously, it's, you know, first thing you've got to get right in a relegation battle is your foundation. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday really do have that now. And, um, you know, are kind of putting not just Wickham, uh, you know, to bed, as it were, but also looking like Birmingham uh, as well. Uh, but we'll get on to that. Yeah. 
Indeed, uh, yeah, some really good signs from Sheffield Wednesday. A uh, championship experience, and it's made the relegation race very interesting yeah. because they're level on points with Derby, who are in twenty second. I think this is now three seasons in a row where the champ- four seasons in a row actually, if we remember the crazy final day of uh, twenty eighteen, um, where the championship relegation race has been really tasty. Um, obviously, last season was on another level, um, at least well before at the time. Um, I think this one looks really, really uh, interesting indeed. Yeah, carry on. Um, I'd like to talk about Huddersfield. Okay. I'm worried about Huddersfield. We have no wins in the last five. Yeah. Um, Throughout January and even late December, when this run of bad form started, the underlying numbers behind, you know, Corbyn's side was still fine. Um, And, you know, they still suggested themselves as a top-half team. But since Josh Cormier has come out, they are really, really struggling and they've been pretty abject, to be honest. I mean, Peter Bristol City was probably the worst of them. Um, they somehow got a point on Luton at the weekend, but they were you know, comprehensively outplayed. Um, now, their, obviously their home form was you know, a revelation at the start of the season. Now, they're at home to Wickham this weekend. And if they don't get a win there, then I really fear for them. Because... As, a, as we've talked about, you know, Sheffield Wednesday in mass upturn in form. Derby are in, you know, <laughs> I mean, based on recent form, but to be honest, one of the best sides in the championship. Rotherham have got a massive upturn. Coventry, we've discussed, who are also vulnerable. Um, you know, Birmingham, we wouldn't rule out, you know, uh, a minor uptake, at least, in their form. Forest is starting to really see the future of Chris Hewton, um, which gets to them. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, I guess, obviously, it's three teams are going to have to get relegated. Yeah. Um, well, they're being clawed into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, injuries and who do you say? Cormoran. Cormoran, yeah. Cormoran, yeah. Uh, Josh Cormoran is out for them. Uh, you know, this is the kind of uh, Achilles injury that can really hamper, well, you know, like, loss of a player that can really hamper a team. Yeah. And they've got Forrest just below them who are starting to claw their way back up or showing some competence. Yeah. And they have QPR above them, who are in fine form as far as QPR. Yeah. That's four wins in the last five. So, yeah, it's a very difficult position. But then again, uh, it, uh, but lo- looking at their fixtures, uh, they've got, uh, in fact, they're, they're at home to Wickham on Saturday. Yeah. So if they, don't, if they don't get a win there, then, then that will be telling. But they're away at Borough. They're at home to to Swansea, and a huge game on the twenty third. They're away at Derby. That is a real relegation six pointer. I mean, you've mentioned fixtures there. Um, uh, you know, Forest and QPR are two sides with fairly kind fixture lists coming up, and you know, uh, that's quite a nice segue into talking about Nottingham Forest like it. Um, because, um, as I said, we're really starting to see Chris Hutton's influence on the team now. Um, I think Glenn Murray was a washed signing at Watford, to be honest. Um, and, I mean, his confidence was so crippled that we were wondering whether he ever could be effective in the championship again, to be honest. But beautifully taken goal uh, for first. Lovely lob over Ryan Allsop and then, a, you know, a decent penalty for his second. Um, the front three is really, really... Uh, I should say the three behind... Um, Glenn uh, Murray is really exciting now. Um, you know, Anthony Knockout and Luke Freeman are two, you know, championship guarantees, really. 
uh, especially under a Chris Hewitt inside two, really nice inside forwards. Um, and both with, as we know, exceptional crossing on them. And, um, you know, when you've got a poacher in the box like Glenn Murray, you know, that's a match made in heaven. And then you've got Kravinovic as well, who's making the number 10 role his own now. Um, uh, you know, was decent enough at West Brom last season, but, you know, couldn't quite nail down that starting position. And now is, and now is really flourishing in that role. Um, and then a really balanced double pivot behind him. Um, you know, I did have scepticisms over James Garner, uh, obviously on loan from Man United, because when he was on loan at Watford early in the season, um, you know, the opportunity was there to make um, one of the midfield spots his own, and he just didn't really take it. Um, but now he is taking it. Glorious. Uh, Traveller pass out to the left-hand side towards Guy uh, towards Bong uh, uh, for their third goal. Um, you know, really showing his flair, and you know, it's great to see you know a youngster playing with such confidence. And you know, uh, as we've talked about, you know, as we even talked about last year, Aki, um, Ribeiro Diaz is you know a really good player. You know, breaking up the play as well as his you know commonly known passing abilities. Um, so plenty of positives uh, for Nottingham Forest, and I think uh, we'll soon see them um, you know get right out of that relegation mix. Well, yeah, I, I think they've got out their own heads, and the the season of what was meant to be great promise yeah. is now redeeming itself to some degree. There is some joy to be found, if if not a huge amount of it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I think that's the bottom of the table, pretty comprehensively covered. Now, yeah. uh, where else do you want to look? Um, just to uh, kind of round up uh, the weekend's uh, championship action before we start talking about the FA Cup uh, amongst uh, League League One. Um, just a quick mention uh, to the upturn in form of QPR. Um, they're starting to look... I won't mention Millwall because their form win might be an outlier. I mean, Millwall did score four goals out very often. That's weird. Um, so maybe we'll give that we'll give that one another few... We'll give that a few more weeks, Aki, uh, to do our Millwall analysis. Um, but what we can definitely talk about is QPR uh, right now. Um, we discussed their win over Watford uh, a week and a bit ago. Uh, which was, you know, particularly impressive. Um, but now they're finally, you know, you know, no injuries anymore. Well, few injuries anymore. And they're starting to be able to put out a, you know, consistent eleven, uh, where they're starting to gel really well. Um, I mean, Rob Dickey is just excelling even more in the back three. Um, even more of a, you know, platform to he, to, you know, be that, you know, kind of Harry Maguire figure, and you know, using his build to, you know, just charge the ball, charge with the ball out of the back three. Um, and, I mean, Senny Dieng, um, you know, being a pretty, I think it's fair to say, a pretty ropey keeper uh, on a few of his loans, um, has, you know, been, I think, the best shot stopper, at least in the league this season. And, you know, he's adding to Switzerland's, uh, you know, glut of goalkeepers, really. Um, Ilias Chairs, you know, you know, really providing the creativity in the fulcrum. Um, and, you know, um, uh, Lyndon Dykes is also, you know, obviously in poor goal-scoring form this season. And, well, one could say poor general form, but he is providing a good fall for, for Charlie Austin, um, you know, doing all of the running work himself. So Charlie Austin can just be that poacher and that finisher, which we all know he has the ability to be in championship level. And, um, you know, similarly with Nottingham Forest, you know, they're soon, they're, you know, calmly pulling away uh, from the relegation zone. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, some good stuff from QPR and Mark Warburton. Uh, Proving me wrong as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mark Warburton, uh, testament to his job to to, to, uh, to to play in such a way to get the very best out of these players, to get Charlie Austin a score sheet and to create the chances for the two poachers they have up front. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
and you know, we've seen QPR in the Premier League before. Of course, they've taken a bit hits, big hits since those days. But you know, yeah, it, it's all right as, as things are going, and maybe in the future we might see a resurgence. You never know. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's the championship. Unless there's anything else to add. No, no, no. I think that's the uh, championship. So uh, moving on to League One, where we've had a, a glut of uh, fixtures. Uh, the big news, of course, was the sacking of Keith Curl yeah. here at Northampton. And, you know, we should have seen that coming, to be honest. Uh, the form we, been... Well, it's difficult to say. Um, because the form, the form had been pretty awful out. Yeah. No wins in the last yeah. five. And then they had a game at home to Wigan, which is a relegation six-pointer, as, as big as they come, which they proceed to lose. Uh, of course, they are second from bottom now on 24 points. Of course, uh, uh, AFC, of course, uh, Bristol Rovers are on twenty four two, so that doesn't say very much, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I, I I think it was very contingent on the Wigan game, um, and I mean, had he got the win there, I think that would have had a really strong galvanising effect for Northampton. Um, I mean, it 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 just does still seem harsh fundamentally to me, just because of um, you know how. Uh, how bare, to be honest, your squad is. Um, but, you know, such is the way of things and, you know, such is the poor run of form that, you know, it's worth it, you know, with um, to see what a change-up of management can do. Um, there, there may also be a point um, to the limitations of Keith Coles in League One instead of, you know, League Two, where he's been for so long. Um, I guess at the time, I'll only tell on that front. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's disappointing um, for Northampton. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they do appoint. And they, to be honest, they're going to need to appoint him quickly um, because, you know, the games are, you know, we have nominally, um, you know, it's mad when you say it out loud, but nominally we've only got nine weeks left of the season and we've got 20 games to play. Yeah, <laughs> so it's they're thick and fast, so you have yeah. to act quickly before things start to pile up. Yeah, Northampton are at home to Burton, which is huge, and I think it's yeah. a must-win game. But they have some. Uh, well, I mean, they're 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 away at Ipswich after that, and ho- and at home to uh, and away to MK Dons, which are very difficult games. So they need that win against Burton. But having said that, you know, Keith Cole did get some good results. Uh, the nil-nil draw at Accrington was was pretty good. I yeah, felt, no, uh, no, it was. But he was just not getting the wins when he needed to. And uh, Northampton's last win, of course, coming in uh, December against Gillingham. Yeah, no, it's 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 worrying for Northampton wins haven't been coming in yet. As I say, the games. Yeah, and well, whoever they get, I don't know who who's free at the minute. You, I don't, I thought oh, you would have well, had idea of this. But... I'll tell you who is free. Paul Tisdale is free at the minute because he was sacked from Bristol Rovers after their two 0 home defeat to uh, Yellows. Uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, but Northampton has a caveat and tour to it because you have to look at that squad yeah. and think, uh, uh, look, do I want to take this challenge up like just a few de- few, uh, you know, uh, days after being relieved and something which is even more harder than managing with the Rovers. So it's going to be hard for them to find a new manager, but, you know, but it's pretty standard for Northampton back in League 2, the traditional home of that football club, sadly. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, well, um, what one can aspire, I think. One can aspire, but then, then again, a sixteenth uh, would have been an excellent season for Northampton. But it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to our Bristol Rovers, um, 
again, a slightly, slightly perhaps strange timing of the sacking is, I mean, uh, you know, no wins in five out. Yeah, but we were, we were also the second best on Tuesday night, to be perfectly honest. It was a bit of a smash and grab. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is no wins in five. And I think it was pretty inevitable when, you know, Paul Tinsel made his post-match comments about how he just, well, doesn't have a striker that he can rely on. Well, you do have some strikers in the squad and maybe you should show some faith in them in a bad yeah, form. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's always a bad sign. And um, Well, I, I think it's a bit of humility and a bit of tact, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm one of those people who believe you shouldn't call out players in public. You know, I'm no, I agree. To I agree. clop on that one. If you're going to make a change, don't go to players and say you're out or anything. Just make the change. Uh, let your actions speak. Advise players. Give them a nudge when you need to. But, you know, you, I think you have to be slightly philosophical about the way in which you deal with people and know what makes people tick. And you have to say, and, you know, if he needs strikers, you can run. Well, it's a bit too late given the transfer window's over. So... There's absolutely that statement is absolutely futile. Yeah, um, no, it really is, and um, you know, it, it kind of you know works into the idea um, that um, it, it's become a really handy excuse for Rovers managers so far this season, and Rovers as a club in general, just say like, "Oh, we sold Johnson, Clark, Harris, you know, our number nine who we relied so much upon," and so you know, there's just no way we can score goals, <laughs> um, which is just it's just making things too simple. Uh, Aki, to be honest, because you know Daly is still, a, you know, he's a, he, you know, he's not one of the league's best, right? But he, he's still number nine. He can store, score goals. He's still a professional football, you know, <laughs> as is as is Grant Hunland. Um, you know, um, and, you know, there's there's, there's you know, fundamentals of a really decent squad there. You know, Rodman's also in the front three. Who was, you know, Rodman was influential in Shrewsbury's um, promotion push in seventeen eighteen uh, when they lost the playoff final to. Um, uh, uh, 2-1 I mean Erstema I mean you know he is a mercurial player but you know Aki you'll know for one as well Louis you know a child there has, you know there's been some flashes um, you know and and ball winner from who sorry um, Ostema um, oh yeah, Ostema yeah, Ost. yeah I, I didn't get yeah Ostema, yeah midget yeah. number 10 uh, yeah yeah. let's hope he's not listening but uh, yeah there have been flashes so he was he was okay at Bolton and yeah he, he can uh he can pick out a pass and whatnot when he needs to. Yeah. And, um, you know, decent keepers as well. You know, Joe Days, you know, has, uh, is, 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 you know, been an EFL store over recently. So I think we can conclude it's a functional uh, League uh, One squad. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the, the back three as well, you know, as, again, Kilgore, Baldwin and Aimer have been, you know, um, uh, you know uh, common names we've seen over, you know, times in the top half of League One over previous seasons, Baldwin and Sunderland. Um, Aimer at Gillingham, you know, when they're in decent form. Um, and so, yeah, that ultimately, the, you know, one can see the reasoning behind the two cell sacking because there is a squad there that shouldn't be in the relegation race. Um, um, and, you know, the trigger needed to be pulled soon because, you know, um, it's not just, you know, Wigan who are, you know, having an upturn in form, Wimbledon too, um, but Burton Albion are being too as well, um, which is pretty mad uh, when you think. But Northampton v Burton's got an even bigger... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, which uh, kind of, uh, yeah, as I say, throws, uh, throws more yeah, words on Jimmy Ford as I get out of the window. Um, they're obviously denied uh, an opportunity to win at, um, at Bloomfield Road on Tuesday due to a frozen pitch, but a very impressive home win over Hull uh, for them on Saturday. They, yeah, a strange yeah, win. They've basically got a new squad in. 
Um, apart from you know stalwarts of you know Lucas Aikens, who I think has, has, has Lucas Aikens been at Burton since the beginning of time. Um, it seems as if he has. Um, Kate, uh, Harry Brayford and Kane Hemmings are also you know two uh, two players who have served well over the last two or three years. Um, but yeah. you know they've, they've got new additions in. Um, as well as, you know, slight squad changes, Ben Garrett's come in in goal, you know, a player who had so much promise at crew, um, was in England youth teams for a while, um, and, you know, put in a really outstanding performance against Hull. Um, you know, Sean Clare, they've, you know, brought in on loan from Oxford, who is a bit of a, well, so far has been a dud signing for Oxford. Um, and, you know, if <laughs> it seems as if when he has no responsibilities, or few, fewer responsibilities, I should say, um, you know, he is really excelling with pace and, you know, decent crossing, which he showed in, you know, very few flushes at Oxford, but nonetheless. Um, and so, as I, as I say, yeah, they're still 19 points. Um, but, you know, it's only two more wins and, you know, they're, they're, you know, basically on the same platform as all the other sides in the relegation race. And when so many of them are in poor form, such as Swindon, as we've discussed, Northampton, you know, that's definitely not an impossibility. Yeah. Uh, indeed, and th- these teams can climb out, and it's worrying for Northampton. And up to and great escapes have been done before, of course, in this league. And it, given the inconsistencies around them, it's right for the picking. Uh, going back to the uh, nearer the top of the table, uh, Charlton with the useful uh, two 0 win at Rochdale, which was expected. Of course, they have El Kentico at the weekend. Yes, uh, they they do El Kentico, um, El Dokico. Uh, as well, two dock cities as well, uh, which is quite long. Yeah. Um, uh, how Charlton only won this game 2-0, uh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, such is the way of things. Um, maybe we can put that down to Chilsoneke's maybe not having his best day in front of goal. Um, as, but, you know, as, as, as Lou was talking about, you know, sometimes, you know, a, a lopsided formation can work with Charlton, and you know, we saw that at the weekend. With um, you know, Chini uh, funneling into the midfield, you know, and Miller just you know having that free roam role on the left, you know, cut inside. Miller's been useful, and it's heartwarming off because you know he wouldn't make his market Liverpool, yeah. but the fact that he's come into a League One club, he's proving himself with a Savile, he's building a career for himself, and that's good to see. Yeah, I've said it, um, and you know, I, yeah. So Liam and, Miller, of course, sir. Sorry for that interruption. That was a, It's heartwarming seeing him making a career for himself and being able to showcase his abilities because you know he, would, he was barely known at Liverpool, of course. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, uh, and uh, he's provided uh, some creativity and impetus going forward, um, especially from out wide, which you know Charlton needed after the sale of um, Johnny Williams and Marcus Madison. I mean, despite my res- reservations about them, um, it's good to have a consistent source of creativity. Uh, there, uh, which Liam Miller certainly provides, and you know it's a great opportunity to continue uh, an improved run in performances at least uh, home to Gillingham uh, uh, this weekend. Indeed, uh, yeah. So it's it's good for them, and uh, a, a, a winnable game, of course, for uh... yeah, yeah. It's Gillingham are sixteenth. These are where points you can't do another Swindon. Well, I hope Charlton don't do another Swindon. Uh, well, oh, no, I'm sure they I'm sure they won't. Down. But, no, Dillian were an overrated side, so... Let's uh, hope they uh, turn up uh, and get the goals in. And Jaden Stockley, of course, has been a big positive. Uh, being a menace yeah. in the box, a lot of chest downs, uh, layups, putting putting people, uh, cr- yeah, putting the ball in the right place for the right people. Uh, yeah. Really good to see. 
And you you said it would be a good good signing. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's very shrewd. Um, I mean, if he's you know shown enough glimpses at Championship before, you know, as well for League One, it's you know, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, he's certainly uh, he's certainly provided that so far. Uh, another side in League One, I'd like to talk about a Plymouth Argyle, Aki. Um, a lot was made uh, during the week, but the fact that they released uh, their accounts of this year, and the fact that they're breaking even in this year, you know, is well, good form. What what more could you want? Uh, yeah. You know, Plymouth Argyle, they're they're a unique club, and yeah. clubs which are in isolated areas just mean so much more to their fans. Mm. And to see them break even and to just be there for that region, uh, it, it's heartwarming. And they're not pushing too high above their weight. They oscillate between League One and League Two. They have been in the championship before, but their stability there and for a yeah. club like that, which isn't a major footballing region, that's that's enough to ask for. I mean, I I always find it really warming to see a club with a massive catchment area do so well. Um, it's it's you know it's one of the key reasons why I really want to see Bristol City get promoted um, to the Premier League. Um, but you know, as I say, you know, Plymouth. I mean, you know, obviously, with the exception of Exeter fans and maybe even Torquay, they kind of have you know a monopoly on Devon and Cornwall, um, really, at least in terms of uh, proximity, you know. Um, and so that's a good source of long term hope, as is you know, tying down Ryan Lowe to an extended contract, which is just a ludicrous bit, bit of business, as are some of the players they've got in their squad now, most of which is Luke, Luke Jeffcott. Um, uh, you know, um, influential in their win over Plymouth, uh, in their, in their win over Atkinson, sorry, on Tuesday night. Um, even though you know their goal that won them the game was you know an absolute howler, um, uh, from uh, from uh, Nathan Baxter in net. Um, but you know, we'll uh, you know, we'll let that off because he's had a decent uh, season so far. Uh, but Plymouth deserved to win the game. Then on to Saturday's game away at uh, Fratton Park. Um, Luke, Luke Jeffcoat getting on the score sheet then. And um, I mean, Plymouth, you know, the 2 0 up. And you know, to be honest, through a, through a win over a Celtic side away there again, which you know, they deserve to win. I'll be shocked, yeah, if um, especially with um, the dearth of uh, well. Welsh uh, wingers and attackers, really, um, you know, apart from Key for more, um, I would be shocked if, you know, Jeffka isn't in the Wales squad for the March uh, international fixtures. Yeah, indeed. Uh, some very good players at Plymouth and uh, just great form to see and some good results. And Ryan Lowe, of course, doing a great job. Yeah, no, he, he really has. And, um, I mean, you know, as I, they've got their, you know, uh, eyes uh, looking up uh, again now uh, towards the playoffs. Uh, and a quick word, of course, on uh, Ipswich. Again, a club yeah. which shows no signs of climbing its way out of a very difficult place. Uh, they're, they're losing uh, losing uh, at home to Peterborough on Tuesday. No, not at home, away at yeah. Peterborough on a bit of an Anglian derby. But yeah, again, a, a poor result. Yeah, 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 it's a bit of a actually, despite it being a bit of, um, you know, the roads between the two are obviously not ideal. Um, Peter's pitch, by the way, is problematic, to say the least. It's, it's like, it's Rodney Parade bad <laughs> at this stage, uh, which, I mean... I'll... They don't even have the rugby excuse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, hopefully that gets sorted out, because um, we know we like to keep the ball on deck. Um, Ipswich tried a diamond. Um, on Tuesday night, 
which, you know, this is, you know, the thing with diamonds is, you know, often they do make sense on paper. And I mean, they certainly do, you know, if you look at, you know, the lineup that Ipswich put out, um, you know, Andre Dezel, you know, obviously his potential as a Metzala, you know, drifting out wide and, you know, allowing to be creative. Finn Downs can be a metronome. Nath, uh, Bishop, you know, has a bit more uh, freedom at number 10, you know, as does Alan Judge, who can also play out wide, um, as we've seen for, you know, Preston over the years and also for the for um for Republic of Ireland. Um but you know it's just it, unless you're putting in the work on the training pitch for it, it just doesn't um it's it's really difficult for it to come off. Um you know we've talked about Lambert before and I mean as I say you look at that lineup they put out on paper and I mean you can't tell me that that's a you know a side that should be finishing in twelfth and like one. Um, especially with Troy Parrott coming in alone, who's you know one of the most promising young strikers um, in in uh, in England right now, really. Even though you know um, uh, he hasn't quite got the minutes so far at Tottenham. I mean, he's you know um, the poster boy of you know uh, Ireland's you know new batch of you know young stars, really. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, it's very well. I mean. <laughs> I was going to say it's very worrying for Ipswich, but I mean, all of the, their worries, you know, they, they've known for the last four months. So is it even worrying anymore? You know, it's just kind of a reality now, unfortunately. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, I think it's negligence. And yeah. Paul Lambert, he doesn't seem to have the answers. Let's face it. Yeah. Even though a diamond makes sense, it's not getting the best out of the players. Mm. No, it, it really um, isn't. I think it's been time for well, I think their fans would agree it's been it's been time for a change there for a fairly long time, uh, at every structure of the club, but uh, it's just not coming. They're they're away to Shrewsbury, of course. Yeah. Tomorrow and massive game. That will be that will be a big game and uh, Shrewsbury need the points more. But then again, well, uh, it's just um. Shrewsbury are obviously in, you know, unbelievable form at the minute, you know, very impressive win over Sunderland. And, you know, they're doing this when Steve Cotterill is in an intensive care unit. Uh, yeah. So, you know, God only knows what they're going to be like when, you know, Steve Cotterill is actually helping them out on pitch side. Um, you know, um, I mean, I've, I think you could definitely get some decent odds on that, to be honest, and I'd definitely like a Shrewsbury win. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Ipswich, the problem is, you know, I always knew them as a perennial championship team, and they are a team with a rich history, but they're in the danger of, you know, uh, turning into a perennial League One team and people seeing them as that when their fan base, their history asks for so much more. It's, I mean, it's a similar case with Sunderland, you know what I mean? It, it, I mean, putting, you know, the debate around the Spear Sunderland have, have been in positions where they've been inches away from clawing their way out, yeah, yeah. whereas Ipswich have floundered at pretty much both steps, and it's been uh, it's 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 been harder. I think much harder for their fans. Yeah. I think if Sunderland have tried to mix things up, change things around, whereas Ipswich have just. Uh, just they, they don't really care. And I mean, as as I as I say, like even. Even putting the salary cap debate aside, um, you know, Ipswich and, and Sunderland, you know, they need to adopt a, adopt a League One mentality in terms of spending. Um, and so, you know, in the instances where it does get toxic and they do, you know, go on a bad run of form and they look like they're going to miss out on the payoffs, it's not the end of the world because you've got a decent financial structure there to support it and something which is sustainable. Um, and I mean, that, 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 you know, that's the biggest worry out of anything, I'm sure. 
I'm a Portland right at the minute. Indeed. Biggest worry. Many worries. And, uh, yeah, uh, of course, Oxford was a great game in the Bournemouth derby, unfortunately losing out to Doncaster. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> here from my side, uh, you know, obviously, you know, as, as, as KR said, KR did a really good uh, post-match interview after the game by the way. Starting to really get back on side with him. Um, but, you know, we can't, you know, win every game forever. But we shouldn't have lost this game. We played a Doncaster side who was one of the strongest in the league, off, if not the strongest in the league in recent weeks, off the park, really. Um, mad how we didn't get... We switched off for five minutes. And, I mean, you know, you you get punished, you know, against uh, elite sides in any division when, you know, uh, you, you do that. Um, and... Uh, yeah, plenty of positives going forward because, you know, we definitely did ourselves justice against them. And, I mean, not only should we have a... I hate, you know, to do ref excuses, but, I mean, not only would, uh, should we have got into the game in normal circumstances, but 3-2 we would denied. I mean, uh, a, a pretty obvious penalty. I wouldn't call it a slow more. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, it's frustrating. But, you know, we put it right against um, Bristol Rovers. Um, and uh, uh, you know, really, a really good thing is, um, uh, you know, the newfound depth that we have in midfield on attack. Um, and you know, as for our defence, I mean, they're the most productive uh, defence in Europe, in uh, Eng- England, sorry, at the minute um, of any division, uh, even more so than Chelsea, which is um, uh, pretty fun to see. Uh, Josh Ruffles and Sam Long, uh, you know, two Oxfordshire boys as our fullbacks is um, is you know really uh, heartwarming uh, to see. And um, uh, yeah, good good that we you know got the win uh, as a response straight away, and so we didn't slump back into a poor run of form. Okay, yeah, I guess so. And uh, uh, that that's uh, League One. And Just a, a final a final final word on League One. Shout out to MK Dons. That you know, as I say, they're finally getting the results that they deserve. Uh, an emphatic 4-1 win over Rochdale in midweek. Absolutely played them off the park. Um, Matt O'Reilly and uh, Andrew Sermon in the midfield. I mean, the potential there is just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, with the experience that Sermon has and the quality that O'Reilly has. And, um, yeah, just uh, similarly with uh, Plymouth, I don't see... Um, I don't see them staying in their current league position uh, for much longer. Well, you know... Uh... I was at MK Don's last game in the championship in the season when they were there. Uh, it was a... Well, I wouldn't say there were many people there, but but, but still. Uh, but yeah, MK Don's showing really good form, and this bodes well. If they can keep some... Uh, and and, who, and who's their current manager? Sorry? Uh, it is Russell Martin. Yeah, Russell Martin, Thank Norwich. Thanks, Norwich. Remember when Steven Gerrard rejected the MK job? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was that, that was a debacle, wasn't it? Really, He's made like what, what could have been moments. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a different challenge to Rangers, but uh, in that environment, to, I mean, if Russell Martin's doing this well, then you know, you never know. Maybe Steven Gerrard could have made a very good mark. That there yeah, was fertile, he, he, fertile he ground at MK Dons, to say the least. Mm. And I mean, yeah, the foundations are definitely there for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's League One. Uh, League Two, Alf? Yeah. Uh, two games uh, that I'd like to discuss in League Two. Uh, one of which is Salford beating Cambridge 4-1. Four goals in the first half. 
um, Salford are now looking really good, and Cambridge are now showing, getting shown up uh, for you know not being a particularly impressive uh, side, or certainly one that shouldn't be top of the league. Um, uh, I heard on um, uh, a Totally Football League show this week that um, uh, the combined XG tables uh, to Barrow in terms of XG. Barrow, this is Barrow in twenty second, by the way, have a better XG uh, ratio this season than Cambridge. Wow, I, uh, I, I'm not sure what the source of that is, um, but I mean, uh, yeah, I trust George Alec uh, on that one. Um, and so, yeah, which is just mad, um, uh, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I mean, Cambridge will probably fall out of the automatics very, very soon indeed. Um, but no, it, it's yeah, it's good to see. Well, I mean. Obviously not from a personal perspective, because, I mean, we both dislike Salford as a football club. But it's always nice to see, well, not nice to see, it's it, it, it's how it should be seen that, um, you know, a side finally realises their potential on paper, uh, which is what is happening with Salford right now. Um, I mean, uh, Ian Henderson, uh, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, run rings around the Cambridge defence. Uh, sorry, three goals in the off, not four. Right, my apologies. Um, but, you know, with players like Ash Hunter, you know, uh, Turnbull in defence, uh, you know, Richie Towell as well. Um, and, you know, when you've got the, you know, Undertaker and goal of Hagge, um, you know, you've got a really solid uh, side uh, for League Two there. And um, I'm pretty confident that they'll, you know, get going into the uh, uh, automatics pretty soon. Um, and then the other game in League Two I'd like to discuss was Bolton against Morecambe. Bolton... So close uh, from an important win. And, I mean, look, it probably wouldn't even been blown up for a while, even, you know, five years ago. Um, but, you know, Marcus Madison getting a sending off is, is, was just, you know, crushing for them. Um, and it relates to what our mate Ben has been saying, that, you know, you can't just sign players, you know, who are quite, quite league above in quality. And, you know, I expect them to do the job in the division. It's obviously a lot more sophisticated and intricate than that. Um, and, it, you know, incredibly frustrating for Bolton uh, not to get the win, you know, when they, you know, remain in a precarious position in 19th. Yeah. Uh, poor, poor, of course, they've got new owners after their uh, after their uh, bag, uh, administration debacle. But, yeah, it, it's been worrying for them, for them, them to just be ho- hovering above the relegation zone. You know, we like to compare Bolton to Burnley back in the day, but, you know, Burnley's situation was even worse. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah Burnley, of course, yeah. being one game away from being relegated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as is the case with, I mean, a lot of cast Bournemouth as well. Uh, we're obviously in a similar position. But, yeah, uh, things can be turned around and uh, they'll be missing their fans. But, um, yeah, I think if, if that's that, then we can preview this weekend. We absolutely can. Uh, so, uh, in the championship, of course, Sky have chosen uh, to uh, broadcast uh, Nottingham Forest to home to Bournemouth, which is an important game for both teams. Forest, of course, need their points. But yeah. uh, Shout out to Bournemouth uh, for being the only EFL club left in the FA Cup for the quarterfinal. Yeah. Good draw for them. Indeed. Indeed. And uh, big Lancashire derby tonight with Blackburn hosting Preston, which should be competitive. Yeah, it's, game from neutral. it's always one of those derbies that interests me. Um, because, you know, obviously it, it's one of those dynamics where, you know, Blackburn definitely wouldn't say that Preston are their biggest rivals, but Preston would. Um, and, you know, I think it is fair to qualify it as a derby, you know, uh, despite that, um, you know, chasm uh, between uh, the two. 
um, in terms of their, you know, opinions of who their uh, main rivals are. Um, but no, it's, it should be good fun. Uh, it was a really fun game last season. Uh, so hopefully more of the same. And um, maybe, a, you know, a, a breakout game amongst uh, Rovers fans for Harvey Elliott to write himself into folklore within, you know, a man of a match performance. Hopefully, hopefully, we, we, we will see. Indeed. And, uh, of course, Derby hosting Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, it's always difficult to predict how a game will go when, you know, it's 2-5 at the backs up against each other. Um, and that's not necessarily to say... You know, it will mean, you know, two sides will just, you know, seize control of the ball and it will be a massive tip for tap. I mean, both sides are effective going forward at the minute. Um, uh, but I do think Middlesbrough will have the edge. Um, you know, whenever they're in a, whenever a side is in a poor run of form in the Championship, really, you know, Warnock, you know, seems to work to emerge behind, uh, behind the scenes and, you know, change from morale of the squad. Um, and I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see if a similar thing happen here. Yeah, indeed. And uh, oh, and finally, I think uh, Brentford uh, hosting Barnsley. Great football in that game. Yeah, Sunday game. Uh, it'll be a really, really entertaining game of football uh, to watch. Uh, be blinded uh, by Barnsley's uh, lycro yellow kit. It's <laughs> always not fun to, uh, to see. Hopefully they'll play in uh, black, even with Brentford's back short. Uh, but anyway... Uh, yeah, no, it'll be a really entertaining game. Barnes are obviously looking to put a bad run of form on paper behind them. Looking forward to League One? Yes, um, as we've discussed, Northampton versus Burn is the biggest game of the weekend, really, um, in terms of, you know, uh, significance. Um, as, you know, Bristol Rovers versus Swindon also in that respect. And Wimbledon Rochelle, loads of relegation teams facing off with each other. So it could be a really key weekend, um, the race. Um, if anyone, uh, you know, uh, fancies a bet uh, this weekend, you could probably get decent odds on MK Dons to beat Hull, uh, which I think is a really, really strong possibility. Um, although Hull are another side whose pitch has, you know, uh, really been turfed off in recent weeks. And of course, do do keep an eye on uh, Northampton versus Burton. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I think the relegation rates could uh, pivot on that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's everything, and uh, it's been a pleasure, Alf. Uh, it's been. We didn't actually get to discuss the FA Cup in the end, no, so uh, no, yeah. we, we we will get back to that uh, for our next show. Well, and, uh, the, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup are coming up very soon in early March. Um, so we, we'll we'll uh, preview. We'll go over this and preview that uh, yeah. as it comes. And uh, till then, uh, stay safe, keep watching the football, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Alf. Thank you all. Uh, Bye-bye, guys.